For it is by grace you are saved through faith, not of yourselves, but it is a gift of God. Ephesians 2.8 Welcome to Grace Bond Ministries. Test. Ah. <laughs> you know, it's funny, I, I learned a couple weeks ago when I was uh, up here you know, leading worship or whatever it was I was doing, uh, <laughs> uh, that if you don't have the mic on, it's basically on the live stream, it looks like you're... Uh, uh, it just looks like your lips are moving. So uh, that whole time I was leading worship, I was actually, it actually looked like I was lip singing basically all these songs. So uh, anybody that's never been here is like, man, Jonathan must sing really good. Um, if you would go ahead and uh, turn your Bibles to Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. Uh, Christians like to call this, uh, uh, you know, the, the uh, forbidden chapter. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the Jewish people, and I talked to them, uh, they don't, uh, they refuse to read Isaiah 53. I don't know if you know how the Jewish people uh, do uh, their church uh, or their synagogue meetings, but they actually read through the scripture and uh, they skip Isaiah 53. And I, th I think they skip it because it's got so much connection to Jesus. Um, but it's, uh, I've talked to a few of them, how they interpret it and that sort of thing. But I think we're going to see today that it is uh, very clearly pointing to the Messiah that was to come. All right, before we get into that, though... Um, <clears throat> I just want to say, uh, first of all, just uh, pray for Pastor Mike and his family. Uh, I heard that they, they made it. Uh, he wasn't too happy about the traffic and stuff, but uh, I think they made it. And uh, I told Allie one thing I was going to do is I was going to say, you know, I got something to say about Pastor Mike. Turn it back on, and, now, and then he'll just be wondering what I said. So <coughs> see how that goes. Uh, <laughs> So if I'm not here in a couple weeks, you'll know why. But um, <laughs> so uh, I also wanted to say thank y'all. And you know we've been here since June. Uh, not very good at math, but I know that's a, more than two months. Uh, it was about six months, seven months now. So uh, just thank y'all so much for bringing uh, me and my family here. Uh, it just means a lot to us, and just uh, appreciate how loved we are here and that sort of thing. And uh, there seems to be some really cool things happening, and uh, youth is growing. Uh, you know, I'm not too worried about numbers, but I think they're growing uh, spiritually as well as we dive into the scriptures. So, um, and this message right here uh, the, through December, this was a series I taught on Wednesday nights. It was a two-part series. This was basically the first one, and I kind of merged both of them together a little bit uh, with some of the points. But uh, this was one of the sermons I taught, so I wanted y'all to kind of uh, get a little bit of a drift of what goes on. Uh, but I also changed a lot of the application to where it, it kind of applies to more people than just uh, teenagers. So, uh, you know, one of the things that we always hear, uh, you know, a pastor will, will uh, you know, get up and, you know, Mike said, it, and it's a great thing to say, uh, you got to remember the reason for the season, right? And then, uh, and then Christians also say, well, don't just remember it this season, but remember it every season, right? And, uh, <coughs> and one of the things, though, that I saw that I, I've begun to see it in my own life and, and in the lives of those uh, people around me is selfishness. Uh, selfishness seems to be so uh, prevalent. Uh, the other night, I actually had to get on to the youth because we, uh, we started doing the worship song. And they all kind of scattered and disrespected uh, during the worship song. And, uh, you know, I don't lose my temper very much, but I may have lost my temper a little bit that night. Uh, but we set that straight. I said, listen... I said, there's a time to joke, and there's a, there's a time to have fun, but there's also a time to be serious, and when we worship God and you disrespect my God, I'm going to take offense to that, 
And, uh, and so then we, we began to, uh, we tried it for a second time, and, and believe it or not, I had a few more people sing. So, um, <coughs> but, you know, I just kept seeing that, especially in teenagers, and I, I think back to my life, and uh, Enrique right here, me and him have been friends since, man, we were probably, what, six, maybe? <laughs> uh, we've been friends our entire lives. We, we did uh, childhood together and, and our teenage years together for the most part. And just thinking back to that time and, and just how selfish I was, uh, going to church and how selfish I was in my life and, and uh, how the Lord began to reveal some of that stuff to me. Um, and I'm not one where I like, I don't, I don't like talking about other people and, and you know, their sins, you know. Uh, one time I, w- I applied at a church and, and they said, uh, do you preach with notes or do you preach with the Holy Spirit? <laughs> and I said, well, I, I guess I do both. And, and uh, <coughs> he said, uh, well, we want somebody that's really going to let the Holy Spirit grab a hold of them. And so I'm like, okay, let me listen to the pastor that they have now, the interim pastor, and see what this guy's talking about. And I know exactly what he's talking about. He said, I want you to get up there and yell about everybody else's sins but my own, is basically what he was trying to tell me to do. Um, and I'm thinking, yeah, maybe this church isn't the best fit <laughs> for me. Uh, but you know, as Christians, we are not called to be selfish, but we are called to be uh, selfless, which means we care more about God and others than we care about even ourselves. You know, in, uh, in Jesus' time, the Pharisees, they come up to him, and, and they're trying to trap Jesus, and they say, okay, Mr. Rabbi, smarty pants, teacher, Jesus. Uh, that's my translation. <coughs> but, uh, you know, they, they go up to Jesus, and they try to trap him. They say, which of the laws is the greatest? Which of the laws is the greatest? This is what Jesus says in um, Matthew 22. Verse 34, it says, when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they came together. And one of them, an expert in the law, asked a question to test him. Teacher, which command in the law is the greatest? He said to him, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. All the law and all the prophets depend on these two commands. So the main goal of life is to serve God and to serve others. And uh, the greatest man to ever live, he came and he said, I came to serve, not to be served. Yet I think a lot of times as Christians, we think we're the ones that are supposed to be served and not the ones that are supposed to serve. And so that's kind of the motivation for this message is talking about how life is not about you. It's about pleasing God. It's not about you, but about pleasing God. And uh, another sermon I did with the youth was not about you, but about trusting God. And we talked about how Mary had to trust God when she was told that she was going to give birth uh, to Jesus. But this morning, though, we're going to look at this prophecy about Jesus. And uh, ironically, uh, you know, there's a few times like in, in the New Testament where the gospel is just laid out clearly in these few verses, you know, but you kind of got to get the whole story. Uh, but Isaiah 53 seems to be the most concise version of the gospel message of what Jesus did. And yet it was a prophecy that was before Jesus even uh, was born onto the earth. So that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at about look at this uh, prophecy about Jesus. And when I did this series, this was our theme verse. This is Romans 14, 8. If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or we die, we belong to the Lord. Life is not about you, 
but it's about pleasing God. Uh, let me open this up a word of prayer. Dear God, we thank you for this day, and thank you for giving us an opportunity to just uh, freely and safely worship you, Lord. Uh, we just pray for all of our brothers and sisters uh, across this world that are uh, just meeting in some dangerous circumstances. God, I pray that you just bless those people, Lord, as they meet, just to honor and glorify you. I pray this morning, Lord, that you just make it clear as day, show as clear as day about what life is really about. And show us through your, your son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So like I said, this is a, this is a major issue that uh, I have and I have seen. All right? And like I said, I'm not going to talk about anybody else, but there is one person I can always talk about, and that's myself. Uh, <clears throat> but I'm not going to make myself look good either. So, uh, But you know, back in, back in high school, uh, I haven't shared my testimony with a lot of y'all, but you know, I was saved. I was saved really young, and then uh, my mom passed away when I was 15, and things kind of went downhill from there for a little while, a few years there, uh, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And um, and then after that, I'm sitting there one Saturday morning, watching TV, and I always joke around with people, it's like maybe I was watching SpongeBob or something, I don't know. And uh, I felt God speak to me, and He just said, "This is the only time in my entire life I thought God verbally spoke to me." He said, "Jonathan, I want you to go into the ministry." And uh, I didn't know what to do with that, so I told my dad. We started studying and praying, and then I pursued it. But I was pursuing the ministry, uh, just living a life full of sin, just constantly living a life full of sin. And so when I got to school and I met these, uh, these Christians, you know, we used to always pick on the homeschool kids, you know, uh, but they were some of the strongest Christians. They were some of the strongest Christians I ever met. And uh, as I, I started to take ministry seriously and the, uh, the reputation and, and the, uh, the influence and, and all that stuff that I would have as a minister, I began to take that seriously. And God started opening up ways in my life where I was thinking more about myself than I was about him. And he just showed me clear as day, right? And uh, the Bible says that uh, in one of the Psalms, it says, God, show me my heart, show me any wicked way within me. And I think that's what God did. He revealed in my life places where he was second. Uh, you know, I remember as a teenager, I'm sure y'all probably heard this joke before, but, you know, I was a pastor's kid, so I was drugged as a kid. Uh, I was drugged to church on Sunday, drugged to church on Wednesday. Uh, <coughs> every single time the church was open, I was drugged to church, you know. Um, but, you know, after a while, sometimes you just go and you don't want to be there. <laughs> you don't want to be there, especially if you're the pastor's kid. You're like, I do not want to be here. I'm here only because it's against my will, you know. I had to be here, and I also, I mean, I literally lived right next door to the church, so it'd be a little awkward if I didn't show up. Um, but, you know, I, and a lot of times I'd go to, I'd go to church and then uh, ignore the Bible lesson, or, or uh, you know, I just wanted to hang out with my buddies, you know, we used to play football and stuff, and uh, we used to hang out before and after, and I was just ready for that part and just kind of ignore the Bible study. And the worst part was, and Kiki can attest to this too, uh, <laughs> is <laughs> I was probably the most mature out of that group. And, uh, and I was going to church as a representative for, for God and, you know, and the pastor's kid, you know, we're supposed to be different or whatever, according to other people. <laughs> but I'd go to church and, and, uh, people would look to me and say, well, if the pastor's kid's not doing it, I don't have to do it, you know? And so a lot of people just kind of following in suit with that. Uh, you know, I just wanted to have fun, play football. Uh, but the bottom line was, is I cared more about my own selfish desires rather than God's desires for my life. And I, I remember opportunities, you know, even now I have opportunities to, to serve other people. 
You know, I'm, I've been blessed with, with two jobs where, you know, a pastor serve other people, funeral home serve other people. You know, I've been blessed with those two jobs, but a lot of times I have these opportunities to serve, and then I think, wow, you know, I'd rather be at home <laughs> watching TV or something. Or, uh, and this is a tough one, and uh, like I said, I'm not going to talk about anybody else except myself, but, uh, you know, when that baby poops that diaper, right, <laughs> it goes, uh, <laughs> it, gets, uh, it can get a little, little aggressive uh, discussion, a little love, love discussion about who's going to change that diaper. Um, and nine times out of ten, if I'm home, I lose the, the, the debate. So, uh, But I get a little selfish there. But, I, you know, God showed me, though, that most of my life was about me and not about him. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the only one that deals with that. You know, a lot of times we think our selfish desires are our true happiness. Uh, but it's not. I think God has instilled within every single human being this desire um, this desire to serve him and that we get our fulfillment, we get our joy when we serve God. Amen. So you got to ask yourself, are you selfish or are you focused on God? And in, in Judges, you know, the, in the whole book of Judges, there's a time period in, in Israel's history uh, where they did what was right in their own eyes. Same phrase repeated over and over and over and over again. And it led to murders and wars and rape. And all kinds of terrible things because the Israelites started to do what was right in their own eyes rather than what was right in God's eyes. And even at church sometimes, you know, we come to church in uh, a time where really we're supposed to come to worship God. We're supposed to come to uh, study the, the word and fellowship with one another. And even then, sometimes we come to church and we make it about ourselves. We make it about ourselves. But again, life's not about you, but it's about pleasing God. So let's take a look, though, Isaiah 53. Like I said, this is the, uh, the clearest gospel presentation, I think, uh, of all in, in all of Scripture, uh, is Isaiah 53. You know, and we've all heard that, you know, Jesus was perfect, and, uh, you know, he was born into this world, even though he was preexistent before then, he's always existed uh, because he was God, but he was born into this world. Uh, <clears throat> and that, that while he was living on this earth, that he was... Uh, perfect. And I got to think about that too. When he was perfect, and you think of the perfect standard, uh, you know, if you ask somebody today, what does it mean to be perfect? Uh, you get, I get scared now when I hear the answers, what it means to be perfect. You know, what's the American dream? What's the perfect life? You know, uh, that's not what it meant when Jesus said he was perfect. It meant he followed the Old Testament law uh, to a T to the point where he could fulfill every part of it. Um, and so let's look at this prophecy. So this is Isaiah 53, starting in verse 1. It says, who has believed what we have heard, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He didn't have an impressive form or majesty that we should look at him, no appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was like someone people turned away from. He was despised. And we didn't value him. Did you catch that? How he, Jesus was described? I think it, it sums it up there in verse 2. He was, he was uh, like a weak-looking plant. He's like a weak-looking plant. Uh, you know, I've got a, uh, can you go, yeah, pull up the picture there. This is kind of what I imagine <laughs> is the imagery here. Uh, but he was just like a weak little plant. So that's the, that's, that's the first point in the notes there. But, you know, people despised him. 
They thought he was worthless. And again, this is the mightiest man to ever live. If you look at Philippians uh, chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, it talks about how what the, the status Jesus had and the status he became and the status he ended up with. But it says that he became obedient to the point of death. The greatest man to ever live was nothing more, or didn't look like anything more, than a weak little plant. And I wonder, too, you know, what if, uh, if we were God, you know, I mean, he, he could have came and looked like anything, you know. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I think if it was me, I'd probably want to look like the rock or something, uh, you know. Uh, but Jesus didn't do that. And I know, I think I know why he didn't do that. It's because he wanted people to only follow him, not based on his looks or his charisma or anything like that, but solely on his authority and his teaching. And I think that's why he went, he did that. So people would come to him only by the power of God. And I think about oftentimes too, Jesus, especially just being that weak little plant, people despising him, turning on him. I wonder if we would have rejected him during that time. One of the saddest stories in the Gospels is when Jesus He's going into, uh, you know, he's going into uh, 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 Jerusalem to uh, be crucified. And, and uh, you know, the, uh, on Palm Sunday, you know, he's going in. All these people are praising him and, and saying, oh, hell, Jesus, or, you know, our Lord, and hallelujah, hallelujah, or Hosanna in the highest, you know. Um, <clears throat> no, they're all praising God. And then in less than a week, in less than a week, they all turned on him and said, crucify him, crucify him. So I wonder if I would have rejected him then, but here's one thing I do know, is that today we reject him all the time. When we choose our sin or our own selfish desires over following him. When we choose that, uh, when we say this sin is more important to me than Jesus Christ, or this sin is more important to me than the holiness God calls me to. And I, when I realize some of that stuff, I just thank God over and over and over again, that we are saved by grace and not by works. But let's look what he did as an ugly plant. <laughs> Isaiah 53, verse 4 says, Yet he himself bore our sicknesses, and he carried our pains. But we in turn regarded him stricken, struck, by, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our rebellion, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him, and we are healed by his wounds. We all went astray like sheep. We have all turned away to our own way, and the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb led to the slaughter, and like a sheep silent before her shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was taken away because of oppression and judgment. And who considered his fate? For he was cut off from the land of the living. He was struck because of my people's rebellion. He was assigned a grave with the wicked, but... He was with a rich man at his death because he had done no violence and had not spoken deceitfully. So let me focus in on one of those verses here, and that's verse 6. We all went astray like sheep. We have all turned to our own way, and the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. You know, the just, uh, for, for God to be just, he has to punish sin. And, uh, and luckily this morning, Kiki's here to, uh, I really don't want backup on this story, but, uh, back when, when, when we were kids, me and Kiki were hanging out in my bedroom and my little sister, uh, Becca, she was, uh, she kept putting this belt under the door and, 
And so I kept tugging on a little bit, tugging on a little bit, and then I turned around and I said, hey, Kiki, watch this. And I grabbed that belt. Uh, oh, hold on, let me, let me add another detail in there. <laughs> this hallway outside of my door was uh, a brick wall, both sides, <laughs> all right? And so I grabbed the belt, yanked it as hard as I could, and all I hear was boom. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, crap, you know, what do we do now? And uh, so I opened up the door, and uh, blood is just gushing down from her face, kind of maybe like this guy here. This, this is how I imagine it in my head. Uh, that's not a picture of her, by the way. Uh, <coughs> but I just, that's how I imagine it still in my head today, just blood gushing down her face. And, uh, you know, one thing you do if you're an older sibling, my, my brother did it to me. I've got two older siblings. My brother did the same thing to me, is when the younger sibling gets hurt, right, you're just trying to get them to be quiet, just calm down, we'll take care of it, you know. Because now you're starting to feel that, that guilt, that guilt and that blame. And so that's what I was trying to do. And eventually I'm like, well, this is not looking good. You know, there's blood pouring down from her face. And I'm like, maybe I should go get my parents. So I finally went and got my parents. And then at this point we got back. They said she's going to the ER. And so now I'm thinking, okay, I just killed my sister, you know. Uh, I, was, I felt so bad. And the blame and guilt was on me so bad. Uh, but she was fine. She got her stitches. She was fine. And uh, she even wrote some stories about it and wrote papers and essays on it when she was in elementary school. So <clears throat> just a big, I'm a big part of her life. So, um, but uh, that same feeling I had that day of that blaming guilt is the same feeling I have when I get stuck in other, uh, in other sins. Because we, we are all like lost sheep. We are like lost sheep. You've gone astray. I've gone astray. We are like lost sheep, but thank God for this, that Jesus made life all about you, so now we can make our lives all about him. Let's look at uh, verse 10. Yet the Lord was pleased to crush him severely. When you make him a guilt offering, he will see his seed, he will prolong his days, and by his hand, the Lord's pleasure will be accomplished. After his anguish, he will see light and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will carry their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him the many as a portion, and he will receive the mighty as spoil. Because he willingly submitted to death and was counted among the rebels, yet he bore the sin of many and interceded for the rebels. You know, the, the word gospel in Greek, it, it, uh, it means good news. It means good news. And you've heard it all before. I can't say this in here, but, uh, you know, when I was preaching to the youth. I could honestly tell them, you know, uh, when I've, I've heard the gospel more times than you have. Uh, you know, I've literally been in church since the day I was born, uh, probably. I don't remember what day of the week it was, but <coughs> probably was in church that night or something. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I've been in church my whole life. I've heard the gospel over and over and over again. And my dad was one of those uh, preachers. You know, one of those old-timey guys, you know, uh, like Mike, <laughs> who always shared the gospel at the end of every message. Even if he thought every single person in the room was a Christian and was saved, he shared the gospel after every single message. And <clears throat> uh, thank God for the old guys, right? But he shared the gospel every single time. I heard it multiple times a week, uh, sometimes three, four, five times a week, going to revivals and that sort of thing. But I've heard it all before, and I can honestly tell the youth, you know, I've heard the gospel many more, more times than you have. But I just sit there, and I still I read Isaiah 53, 
And I think how amazing it is that Jesus did all of that stuff for us. He did all that stuff for us. And I don't know a single other person in my life that would go through what Jesus went through for me. And so I asked the youth, and I'll ask you this morning, if you're not getting excited about what Christ did for you, you're not getting excited about the gospel, you've got to ask yourself, why is that? Why are you not getting excited about the gospel? We get excited about all kinds of other things. There's a new Spider-Man movie out, and uh, it's blowing up on the Internet. It's supposed to be this huge thing or whatever. You know, I don't know what Spider-Man we're on, but there's got to be at least 50 of them by now. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, everybody's all excited about these. You know, they, these guys have millions of dollars in the budget, you know, and years and years and years to prepare. We're all excited about that. But then we hear Isaiah 53 of the gospel, and it's not as exciting as some secular movie. Or we get excited about weekend plans and then remember, oh, wait, I got to go to church. <laughs> I got to go to church this weekend. Or we get excited about, excited about the day and then remember, oh, wait, I signed up to, uh, to serve food tonight. Or I signed up to go pray with somebody or whatever it may be. But do you know the problem yet? The problem is that, that we care more about ourselves than about God and the others around us. But again, thank God Jesus didn't act that way. Let me read verse 6 again. This is such an important verse. We all went astray like sheep. We have all turned to our own way, and the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. So I would imagine most of you probably know the gospel very well, and, and uh, I didn't know this until I studied for this message. You don't think I'm just some crazy Bible nerd that just knows these random facts. But uh, this passage right here, was written 700 years before Jesus walked on this earth. 700 years <laughs> before he walked on this earth. The gospel is the same then. The gospel was the same when Jesus was on the earth. The gospel was the same when the apostles were sharing the gospel. And the gospel is the same now. And that's put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ who, who bore the iniquity for us all. So let me ask all the Christians in the room, what in your life is more important to you than God? What's dragging you into sin? Why are sometimes we worried more about how, how much fun we can have than about what the Bible says? Or this is one that uh, really convicted me <laughs> when the Lord put it on my heart. Because we, we could spend hours and hours either watching TV or sitting on our phones. But yet, when a pastor says, oh, you know, we probably should do a devotion every morning and read the Bible every morning. say, well, I don't have time for that. <laughs> you know, now it is, so, it is so easy to read the scriptures now in, in this country. I mean, you could literally, I could pull it up right now. I could look up any verse in the Bible. I could look up any reference with literally within a few seconds. You know, if you say, I wonder where that verse is, I could find it in a couple seconds. So we've got to ask ourselves, what in our life is more important than God? So let's think about that for a second. And this morning during our, our time of invitation, uh, you know, let, let's confess those things to God. Or just, if you can't think of those stuff, uh, just say, God, show me. Show me in my life areas and times and places where I have put myself before you. Or my own selfish desires before you. If you're not a Christian, 
you're watching online, you're sitting in here, you're not a Christian. Uh, Isaiah 53 is the clearest description of what Jesus Christ did for us and did for you. The Bible says that if you uh, believe in him and confess him as Lord, you shall be saved. Anybody who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And it's cool, when we start making our lives, when as Christians we show people what Jesus did for us by making our lives not about us, but about serving God, which in turn is serving others, because God tells us to serve others, right? So if we serve God, we're going to be serving others. I've done that so many times and seen so many people just drawn to me, not because of something I did, but because of the Spirit working through me and taking that selfishness away from me, that people are drawn to us and open to the gospel because they see somebody who genuinely cares about them and has put the interest of others before their own. So let's start today by making our lives about God and less about ourselves. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much for this day. <clears throat> we pray for our, our Sunday school, Lord, that's coming up in the next service, Lord. And we pray for this invitation time, Lord. Just pray that you convict us. Show us any wicked way within us. And help us to just become more focused on you in our daily lives, more focused uh, on you and what you did for us. And let us just dwell on Isaiah 53. Dwell on, on the suffering servant, Jesus Christ. We thank you so much for what you did for us. And I pray for any Christians that will hear this, any Christians that are, uh, or any, any uh, non-Christians that hear this, non-Christians in the room and online, wherever it may be, Lord, I pray that you would just convict them, show them your way, show them your way everlasting, lead them to salvation. We just ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for watching the Grace Bond Ministries podcast or listening to the podcast. Uh, I know there's various ways that you could be listening to this right now or watching this right now, uh, but I just want to say thank you so much. And uh, if you would, uh, wherever you're listening, if you're listening on YouTube, you know, subscribe to the YouTube channel, um, podcast, please you know, leave a five-star review and uh, write a little thing in there. If you're on Facebook, you know, leave a comment. Uh, let me know how this impacted you or uh, even any other questions or comments or concerns you may have. Um, and also, if you have an idea or you have something you'd really want to talk more uh, deeply about, you can always email me at gracebondministries at gmail.com. But thank you so much. Remember, for it is by grace you are saved through faith and not of yourselves, for it is the gift of God. Thank you for listening to Grace Bond Ministries.